All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the Equalizer podcast. Going to be a little quick hit as we are, believe it or not, Jeff Kasuf and I are in the same room <laughs> for the first time in a very long time. We are uh, huddled up near the press box at Lynn Family Stadium in Louisville. We have just watched an epic NWSL final that the Washington Spirit did win 2-1 to one in extra time against the Chicago Red Stars. Uh, I guess maybe I'll just start with, like, Jeff, did you have fun? Do you think it was a fun game? Yeah, I was going to say, I think um, our colleague, Dan Letta was just telling me, was that the best final? Or asking me, was that the best final we've had? And I think there's probably a yes there. I mean, it, th- we've had some really ugly finals, as we've talked about, and I think this one, um, obviously, if you had a rooting interest, maybe was was not fun in one way. But um, Oh, yeah, I'm very sad, but <laughs> I'm going to pull through, I think. The... the you know, I think the level of entertainment, extra time, obviously, but but not a gritty, ugly sort of extra time to arrive at. Um, I think we had a game that started off slow. We got the goal right before halftime from Rachel Hill, last kick, last touch, and then second half really opened up into something I would say as a neutral, very entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I think it seemed like it, I would have to go back and rewatch, and I will do that because we're going to do a little bit of a longer deep dive um, in a couple days for the regular episode, but. It seemed like on the stream or, or at home, I, it seemed very physical, and it was a very physical match. I don't know if I would say that I feel like the ref had a great handle on this one. However, a bad game is a game with no arc, right? And this game had a very clear arc to it, which was Chicago facing adversity early. Vanessa Bernardo goes down. Mal Pugh goes down late in the half. Chicago kind of gets this wonder goal in the uncertainty perhaps after that Pew injury, right? Everyone's a little bit like what's going on. Chicago capitalizes. Washington comes back in the second half. Now it was a penalty. They didn't score on the run of play in the second half, but it came from chance after chance after chance. They really turned it on. They began winning duels. They began winning the ball higher up in the field. And it felt like you could see Chicago having to reckon with all of their players are gone and this team is not letting up. And so it seemed like for me, and you can see if you agree, it was a a moral victory for Chicago to make it to extra time. And then it just was, you know, a little bit, they just couldn't. Maybe what I'm trying to say is Chicago, until the very, very end of extra time when they were throwing numbers forward, was not able to do anything in the attack Mm -hmm. in the second half Mm -hmm. or even in extra time. So when they failed to close the game out, you're thinking, oh, God, that's probably not good, right? Yeah, I mean, to be fair to the Red Stars, I think that first half, is, as much as the goal kind of seemed to come from nowhere yeah. in that moment, I thought they actually controlled things pretty well in the yeah. first half and, and um, certainly limited Trinity Rodman. Ashley Sanchez was largely played out of this game. Andy Sullivan didn't have a, have a lot of opportunities. So uh, I think Chicago, first 45 minutes, even though it looked like it was going to go in scoreless, really to plan and, and well done. Um, second half, as you said, very different, very different vibe from from the spirit who started to catch that pk goal i think first legit pk oh absolutely um, yeah. yeah you know yeah. but but that build up the five minutes before that mm-hmm. was trinity rodman smashing the post yep. trinity rodman finding i think it was tara mcune mm-hmm. on a header right you know the, the momentum really started building there and then yeah i mean you know you look at vanessa di bernardo going down which 
She wasn't on the injury report. I, the broadcast We said, only found out from yeah. the broadcast, right, that Broad, she was a game day decision. Broadcast so. was a game day decision. I mean, obviously, a little bit of gamesmanship from Chicago right. <laughs> this whole week. So God knows yeah, when yeah. they... You know. Usually, if you have a hamstring issue, it doesn't just happen and then you oh, play. Yeah, so, fully taped up like that. Right. So, so I think maybe they were just like, everyone will freak out if they find out. Um, right. No, I felt... I mean, I'm going to be honest, guys. Like, I'm heartbroken for the Red Stars. Bernardo collapsed in tears. Yeah. Tatum Malazzo kept playing when it was clear that her body was not going to let mm-hmm. her keep going. She guided it out to the end of regulation. Um, Hill, I think, was really hurting by the time she was subbed out. Doniak got put in and played the longest shift that she's played all year, I think. Mm-hmm. Just gutsy performance from the Red Stars, and I want to emphasize that because, you know, that their, their story is over, right? right. But... I also want to highlight, though, what Washington was able to do mm-hmm. because Chicago was doing so well. Because Chicago did control the tempo for the first 55 minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. And then Washington knew, I think they talked about how they discussed at halftime that they needed to dictate pace. And if they didn't dictate pace, Chicago could sit on that lead. But they felt really confident that if they could, mm-hmm. they were totally going to be able to take control of the match. And I do think that that Rodman cracker off the, off the post <laughs> – was uh, the thing that kind of kicked things off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll say that I thought, I thought after that penalty and, you know, game is, game is won and lost in centimeters, not a particularly well-taken penalty. No. Actually to the point where Cassie Miller overshot it a little yeah. bit. It went under her hip, I think. Yeah. Um, she chose right. It was very close. Um, it goes in. And I thought maybe Washington was going to get a quick second. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Chicago recovered, I think, was also just a testament to their organization and presence of mind. But at that point, it's just a tough ask. Right. right. That's what I was going to say. I did yeah. feel like we got to a point where you look at DiBernardo go down early. You look at Pew you know, whatever. Well, actually, Rory, I was going to say, I thought maybe Pew was a little bit of something that uh, they had planned in a way, because obviously she hasn't mm-hmm. trained in 10 days, but indicated to me after the match that, no, that was actually due to due the to tackle the from, okay. from Kelly O'Hara. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but you look at that, and then, you know, respectfully, they're at a point where you go down or you need a goal, let's right, say. Right. Who are you turning to? Right. And you've got Katie Johnson sliding into that 10 false nine. You've right. got Doniak leading the line. The pace the pace is gone. The pace is very yeah. much gone. So yeah. it's really, you're at a point by that, I would say by the equalizer, when they actually get the equalizer. Even right. before, you're at a point of let's ride out this 1-0. Yes. They get that, and it really, for me, it was they're either getting the PKs or yep. they're not winning this. Yes, exactly. And, and that's, that's kind of the reality that I think that, that Chicago got to and maybe... And they almost pulled it off. I mean, yeah. it, it was one of those interesting things where extra time, I think, was was interesting to me on Chicago's end because it felt like they were up against that wall, mm-hmm. right, of we got to see extra time out. And then obviously uh, Washington scores actually relatively early in extra time. There was probably about, what, 25 minutes left, 20 minutes left yeah. of, the, of the whole extra time period. And... Then Chicago starts committing numbers forward. And to their credit, they didn't give up another goal, which, again, like usually when you stretch because you right. have to get the goal yourself, just as likely the other team's going to get another one. Um, and it almost worked. Yeah. They, got, they got a really nice, uh, really nice shot from Aaron Wright from distance that just skirted right over. Uh, it's possible that Bledsoe maybe had a hand near that one, so maybe she had it covered, but just a little bit too high. Really good chance from Mackenzie Doniak that Bledsoe did a very good job of, of smothering on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And those were the margins, I guess. And right, yeah. it goes to penalties. We don't know what happens. When you have a team as dead-legged as Chicago was, penalties still not right. great for them. Um, but I think for me, taking away uh, you know, any rooting interest, because a lot of times with finals, what really matters is who won. <laughs> um, I thought it was a great game. And, and maybe we should just highlight a couple exceptional pieces of the game. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people were very excited to see what was going to happen with Trinity Rodman because she's young. She is someone that early in the season could maybe get bullied into take, being taken out of a game a little bit. She is someone who commits so completely physically to the way that she plays that she has these moments where she appears to be in a lot of pain, but then she kind of recovers and keeps going. Um, yeah, just talk about what you saw, Jeff, and and this feels a little bit unprecedented, right? To see a, a kid essentially come in and take over like this. Yeah, actually, I wrote that in our uh, three talking points for for the game. Is you know I can't think of a situation, and what I think exemplified it or punctuated it was that second half. You have Aaron Wright and Tatum Malazzo, and there there's a switch. They constantly have to switch swap, sides right? for the fullback, yeah. and then the spirit, whether this was Rodman taking it upon herself or Chris Ward say, okay, we'll bring Rodman with her then, and they switch back, and you have... I've never seen that sort of treatment of a 19-year-old forward in this league. Very few forwards, period, in this right. league sort of get that yeah. isolated shadow treatment that, that she was basically getting in those swap of the fullbacks. So, yeah, I think first half you see the lack of production from the spirit. I think that's credit to the Chicago defense of, of really playing out, one, that midfield getting clogged up, mm-hmm. but two... No, no real options. I mean, even the one time I can remember Andy Sullivan picking her head up, finding Trinity Rodman mm-hmm. wide, it was 1v3 every time well, for that, Rodman. And that's the game. That was Chicago's game plan as well, is they knew they were going to give up space on the wings, and they're fine with that, just as long as the spine stays yeah. stays strong. And so I think that um, – right. And, and actually, I thought this is where you start to see it in the second half. I thought Washington started doing a better job going down the middle. They were getting mm-hmm. a little bit more space. I was joking in the press box. I think, honestly, talk about NWSL, it's possible that the most important stat in this league is duels. And <laughs> and, and Chicago won the first half, and Washington won the second half, and you saw Emily Sonnet turn it on, you saw Kelly O'Hara turn it on, mm-hmm. and they were starting to really win first and second balls. And I think that also, you talk about, when Chicago was defending that lead in the second half, I was thinking to myself, this is not the defending of a lead that Chicago wants to be doing. Mm-hmm. They're giving the ball up. They're struggling to win those first and second balls. So they're not in control. Yeah. And so the way Chicago would defend those close leads at the end of the season would by be by being in control, yeah. and that was not what was happening. Yeah, and I think finishing the, just the Rodman point, I mean, the, the second half, I think you start to see her come into the game in a way that even in a – a sort of confidence, as as cliche as it may be. I mean, you see the couple of nutmegs that she had. She was 1v3 at one point and mm-hmm. got the nutmeg on Rachel Hill, and that was what led to the smash of the post, I believe. Mm-hmm. So um, I think you start to see her coming into the game, and then maybe you talk about heavy legs. Uh, I mean, there is some advantage to youth there, I think, yeah. in that you look at sort of what everybody else looked like at that point in extra time and yeah. what she was still able to do. And then I think the other element to the spirit kind of coming around that second half, they gave whether whether Chicago gave it to them or not. Um, Kelly O'Hara on that right side mm-hmm. had the freedom and ability to really get into the attack, push forward, and and then in the extra time she scores the winner with Rodman on the service. And right. I think that was something that you know she was maybe a bit more pinned back in the first half. Second half extra time, you know, again uh, punctuated I guess by the goal. Right. 
Um, so maybe just to flip over, we'll, we'll keep this, you know, a, a limited, you know, we're not going to go too long. Limited on this. edition. Yeah, because we're going to start. <laughs> I know for me, with after this kind of stuff, I start just repeating myself. But um, it feels like there's these two Washington spirits, right? Mm-hmm. There's the Washington spirit that's in an ownership dispute and had the managerial change halfway through the season and the two COVID-19 forfeits. And that's the Washington spirit that has become very famous this year. But the Washington spirit that I think hasn't gotten maybe enough shine is the Washington spirit that was the best team in the league for three months. Right. And what we saw in this game was exactly why and how that was true. For you, Jeff, how do you balance that when telling this story? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't agree that they were underdogs, which I think was a narrative that that tried to no. take hold in the semifinals or afterward. Um, so I, I think you know, the form was there, as you just said. Take away those two forfeits, they haven't lost in three months, basically at this right. point. So yeah, I think it's a difficult story to tell in that sense, and I think what it what it maybe comes down to is the uniqueness of it. Uh, you know, we were talking about sort of unprecedented before in a different way, and. I can't think of, I mean, there's been a lot of dysfunction in this league, yeah. but I can't think of one so public in, obviously, in the season that we've had off the field and, and the tumultuous sort of backdrop to this season, this back half of the season um, that ended in this way and that you were able to, they were able to put out results in the way that they did despite everything because th- there's there's kind of your, your usual drama in this league and then there was this year. And, and that was several teams dealing with that very specifically and uniquely. And this one, in this case, to get to a point where players are publicly calling for their managing partner owner mm-hmm. uh, to sell his share of the team and that they don't want him. And, and Steve Baldwin was here. Steve Baldwin was here. Why Michelle Kang was here. Yeah. I think other people that I don't necessarily recognize in, that, in sort of an investment. That has that issue has been in the players' faces right. this whole time. Yeah. Baldwin was on the field yeah. post-game. Um, I, at a glance from, from what I saw, less active than Kang was. He was kind of hanging back. Yeah. yeah. And, and wasn't in the post-game presser. But yeah, he was. He was. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I he was there. there. Yeah, he I was right him. outside the locker room. He was leaning leaning by the Washington okay, Spirit locker I missed, room. I missed yep. him there on my yep. seat. Um, he was not interacting with players, but he okay. was there. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, look, I think the best ones to tell the story are, are them. Yeah. I think we've tried to do our best to tell it through them and, and probably won't know the full extent of this mm-hmm. for some time, maybe. Hopefully at some point. Maybe not ever, but yeah. it's a tough one. And then... Maybe let's talk about this bigger picture in the context of NWSL history. Mm-hmm. I was really excited for this matchup, and I thought it was going to be a good game, and I'm glad that it was because these are not – I mean, yes, I did just say that the Spirit were the best team in the league for, for the second half, which is true. But teams play a little bit differently when they've been forced to improve in mm-hmm. very particular ways as opposed to a team that their plan A has been working the entire time. Let's talk a little bit about, and this will probably be the last thing we do here, but this game was a problem solved kind of by the Washington spirit. They were Mm -hmm. presented with a problem set, and by the end of the game they had solved it. Again, helps that they're young. Chris Ward said that even in the North Carolina game, he said that he thought it was really useful that they're just a young team that can can keep their legs a little bit longer. Um, So what is the difference, or does it seem more intentional in a way, what these two teams were trying to do because of limitations is probably the wrong word, but just because of the adjustments that they've had to make. Hmm. 
That's a good question. I, I think what stood out to me, I've, I've asked a lot of players over the past few weeks about what is different now mm-hmm. under Chris Ward, aside from the, the obvious stuff that, that's off the field. Right. And the answer I keep getting is a simplicity of message, mm-hmm. simplicity of tactics. Um, he was asked post-game even uh, about Ashley Hatch, and I think he said something similar about Trini Rodman, and, and his answer in both cases was in a general way, that was sort of an adjustment they made. Mm-hmm. And if and, and in the case of Hatch, that answer was, if it had gone too extreme, we would have adjusted it, but we let her do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, perhaps what he's brought. And I think you, to your point, maybe the unique situation that they were in, you can really do that and allow the players to figure that out mm-hmm. in a way Without that... Without it being threatening, maybe? Or confusing, yeah, or, or right. feel like you have a lack of direction. Because yeah. if you do that, if you do that at the beginning of a season, you're likely to get a player group that could say, that "What feels the, What the heck are we doing right, here?" Yeah. Or, you know, right. but you're getting results. Yeah, you know, you know that you're giving players space in some degree, and and you're giving them some freedom to say, you know, maybe. I think we've gotten the feeling from players that under the previous regime, that um, under the previous regime, there was a lot of uh, loud and boisterous direction. Yes. And the fact that the op- the opposite is kind of happening, I yeah. think, is appreciated by the players in a way that allows them to play to their best ability. Sure. Um, Washington Spirits, first NWSL championship, bringing that home to Kelly O'Hara. Said, you know, D.C., District of Champions, <laughs> right? Learned that the day prior. That's right. Um, do you think this was a good product for the NWSL to put on Big CBS? Do you think that this was a this weekend was a success? I think so. Yes, I have to agree. I yeah. think being here, um, I think the city did pretty well. I've complained a lot about this and not being enough of an event. Mm. I mean, whatever the the party last night. Everybody has a different taste in what a party looks like or sure. something, but it existed. Yep. It had some big sponsorship at it. It yep. had. It was an attempt to make a big feel out of this. Mm-hmm. We got ten thousand plus people at the stadium. It wasn't completely full but it was loud yeah. it was active it was a big event in town and yes they we got a good game i think the fact that this was on big cbs and you know respectful to the past <laughs> rights deals i think that 2017 terrible final was on lifetime mm-hmm. right it had to have been so um you know the fact that we got a very good game on big cbs we'll see what the numbers were like but yeah. certainly if you turned in tuned into this as you would think it was cool, neutral, right? Casual. Like that was cool. You yeah. should have been pleased yeah. with, like, oh, this is this is a fun league. They've yeah. got fun players. Yeah. Um, I think we, I think the league should be happy with what they got here. All right. So this is a question that we'll probably get into a little bit more, um, in the in when we do when I speak to Pardeep uh, in a day or two. Um, so what do you think, uh, Jeff? What what happens next here? We've got the expansion draft coming up. We've got the college draft coming up. Does it feel like an end of an era? Is it maybe a good? end of an era a little bit the 10 team 10 team year tumultuous year ending on a high i think that the league did a good job of letting these teams tell their own story which i think is very good um i don't know maybe a reminder that the future is not necessarily something to be afraid of you know Hmm. yeah i think that's fair i mean i think everybody that i've talked to and even people in our positions and ourselves Mm -hmm. are like ready to take a little break i'm very Um, tired (laughs) i don't appreciate the college draft moving up a month to be two days from the expansion draft in that sense but yeah i think Players, fans, media, coaches, everybody you've talked to, they're tired. Mm-hmm. And, and this has been a long year. So I think having that break coming up should be good. There's a lot to figure out. Um, I, I do agree that I think ending on a high note, it's been sort of a weird few weeks, I think, because we've 
sort of been maybe allowed by players in some sense, maybe have just tried to shift the focus a little bit. There's still a lot to be figured out. We just talked about ownership with the spirit. Right. We know what's going on this, the, you know, league-wide. But, but these are really good soccer players. Right. Yeah. We've been allowed to sort of focus on that yeah. for a few weeks, right. which has been a reprieve yeah. to some I degree. I think for everybody. Yeah. yeah. And, and now... We're back maybe, into it. Maybe yeah. there's a, we can yeah. take a night off right. from, and, and get back into it. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's a lot to process, I think, for where we go from here. Certainly, I think you could look at the past month or two and say, if that's not rock bottom, I don't know what is in yeah. terms of a, in, in many ways. Yeah. So I think there's got to be a way up, but there's a lot to figure out from here. All right. Very good. Well, congratulations to the Washington Spirit. I made a joke on this very podcast a couple months ago that I said, I don't think this is their year. And yet, <laughs> maybe that was it. Maybe that was the Billboard material. They were playing that. Much. I know. They were playing that audio over and over again. But I'm, I'm thrilled for them. I really, really am. I think this team can go all the way multiple times. Really, really good core, young group. Yeah. Uh, congratulations to the Chicago Red Stars for making it this far. And honestly, just uh, I think you have to call this a successful weekend a semi-successful season in that it was played. They made it, you know. We weren't even sure that was going to be a possibility a year ago. So, or, or a couple months or a ago. Couple months ago. Right, exactly. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll have more detailed analysis in a bit, but we wanted to give you something live. Uh, and you can find us. Oh, actually, oh, i got to do the little thing. Rate and review this <laughs> podcast, right? Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, subscribe to Kicking Back. We're going to keep doing some more stuff there. Jeff has some interviews lined up. Um, and here's to the off season. So thanks everybody for listening. We'll catch you next time.